Good evening and welcome to Italian Impact Weekly. I'm your co-host Steve Stefano Mancini. And my name is Claudio Relsano and as always we appreciate all of you listening and thank you Joe Hale, our producer. Steve, we were at an event this week, uh, Shop Small Crawl in Oakmont, Pennsylvania, which is known for the uh, U.S. Open, which I will be attending in uh, 2025. But nonetheless, we had some great guests, great businesses, starting with Carrie D'Ambrosio, the owner of Today's Organic Market. We had Laura Cadori from the uh, Worm Return. We had Espo Wilcox from the PA Mushroom Company. We had Cassandra Brown of the Rosedale Food Pantry. We had Kathy, Kathy Phillips, the ambassador of today's organic market, who was our guest on Italian Impact Weekly uh, a few months ago. So we had a lot of a uh, lot of fun, met a lot of great people, and uh, your thoughts on the event. I absolutely loved it. I do not get into Oakmont enough. I, Oakmont is a nice little, you know, nice little town. You can actually walk around, yeah. go to all the little shops. Decent parking, which is always a big deal in Pittsburgh. I mean, <laughs> you know. Parking was easy, which shocked know, me, especially for such a packed event. Right. So it was nice. So going around there, it was a nice day, walk around. It was, it was almost perfect. Yeah. And uh, like you said, we had a great time interviewing the folks out there. And we're going to play some of those interviews on this show. And John Patrick, the musician. That's right. Yeah. We're going we're gonna to play some of those interviews on this show, but we're also going to play them on our other show, right. Talking Business and Life. So we're going to put all that out on the websites. The best website to go out to, italianimpactweekly.com or crsmmedia.com. Either one of those websites, but we're going to push everything out there so you can catch all of these interviews. And again, you'll catch a couple of them tonight, and then uh, hopefully you'll listen to all of them. Because I think the nice takeaway from all of that is these people are very passionate about what they do. Very. There are a lot of people that are in business and, hey, I want to make money, I want to make money. Like, okay, got it. Everybody wants to make money. You and I have talked about this. But there's something about people that are passionate, and the, the money is almost a byproduct. They love what they're doing. And when they love what you're doing, you feed off that. And it was just a really good day. I pardon just the, Pardon it. the pun. Uh, feed off of it. And also, we had uh, Larissa. Larissa Russo from the refillery. Oh, that's right. Yeah. You looked at me stunned whenever I said pardon the pun. You said <laughs> because organic food, the mushroom company, that's all food. You know, no. Hey, I, I, get with what, it, Steve. I know. i tell you what's funny, because before this show... Uh, so Saturday, we're at this wonderful organic market, all this fresh food. And then before the show, I'm drinking a, a hot chocolate with marshmallows and <laughs> artificial caramel and chocolate chips. And, and I was telling Joe, or as we call him, Crazy Joe Bananas, Hale, our uh, engineer, he's going to get a new name every week. <laughs> but I was just telling like, man, you know, I got to go run after this now, yeah. you know. But, but if I'm eating some kind of like healthy food, I wouldn't feel so guilty. But after eating that hot chocolate with all, I'm like, man, yeah, I got to go run. And Maddie Owens, the operations manager That's of right. today's organic market, had yeah. to mention everybody. Great. No, no, no. These are, this is good. All these yeah. folks were there, and we're going to have all these interviews for you. And we appreciate uh, folks tuning in. But more importantly, we appreciate them giving us their time and sitting down with us and, you know, learning about what they do and, and what drives them. So it was, it was good. Like you said, they're great people. Yeah, it all starts with great people. And speaking of great people, we've got a great guest tonight, Lou Pialetti. Lou, welcome aboard. Steve Claudio, great to, great to be with you. All right, we appreciate it. You should have called Steve Jim or something like that. <laughs> well, you know what? I, I, I tell you what, remember we had, uh, we had Chris on, and uh, I forgot what I called him, and he called me, uh, you know. It's funny because you'll be thinking of something, and then what comes out of your mouth is not what you're thinking. Well, you know what, Lou? We had a guest on, uh, Steve wasn't here. Her name is Kathy Phillips the ambassador of uh, today's organic market. That's right. Who we just interviewed this last pattern. That's right. And uh, she called me, I think she called me Mario or some damn thing. So <laughs> I started calling her. Yeah, All you Italians are alike. <laughs> pretty much. And I started calling her Michelle and Cindy, everything but Kathy. So I got her back. 
I got her back. No, that's good. Lou, again, welcome to the show, and appreciate you taking time out. Um, before we kind of jump into what you do, let's talk about what we always want to know is your heritage. You know, obviously this show celebrates Italian-American culture. Doesn't mean everybody on here is necessarily Italian, but, you know, there's always some nexus there. But you are authentically Italian. So let's talk about where are you from and where's your family from? Well, uh, personally, I was born and raised in uh, Hershey, Pennsylvania. Formerly, it's uh, Derry, D-E-R-R-Y, Derry Township. Uh, Hershey is nothing more than an unincorporated community, but everybody calls it Hershey for obvious reasons because the famous uh, chocolate chocolate company. But I was born and raised in Hershey, Pennsylvania. Uh, I am probably the 1% of 1% of Americans who has never left his childhood home. Uh, never left. I'm, I'm, I'm still there after 57 years. Both sets of grandparents were immigrants from Tuscany. One of my father's parents came from Pitoliano, Italy, in southeastern Tuscany. And my mother's parents came from a nearby town of Semproniano, uh, also in southeastern Tuscany. Wow. I don't, I'm going to be honest. I don't know a lot of people who come to the U.S. from Tuscany. Usually it's the reverse. We're all trying to get over yeah. there. Well, we've had a, yeah. a Calabria and a Bruzzi. It Pretty seems much. like that's what, that's what it's been. <laughs> so it's good to have a little twist. Lou, i got to tell you something. You say, What did you say, 1% of 1%? I'm probably the one percent of one percent. Meet the other never, guy, Lou. Meet, meet the other one. <laughs> I've been kidding me. I know I've been in my house. I never left. I don't think I've, this is the first day I've actually left. Uh, but <laughs> oh I've my. never left my house. I, I've born and raised in, in Swickley, Pennsylvania, which is just outside of Pittsburgh. Childhood home. Now I'm raising my daughter. My, my wife, not raising my wife. My wife. My wife lives there, and I never left. Never plan on leaving, and um, until they carry me out. But yeah, it's the same house I grew up in. Never left. Yeah, the the Undertaker's good friends with, of mine. He knows where to find me. Yeah, I, I, I told him. I told him navy blue suit, nice tie, uh, right out the front door. There you go. I know what you mean. Save him the trouble. Just wear it every day. But it isn't isn't that something? You know what though? Isn't that special for me? My daughter gets to walk in the same footsteps that I did. And not only that, but, uh, you know, we, we, little things. Like, for example, we had Jerry Cooney, the boxing legend, on our show. And I remember in May of 81 watching his big fight against Ken Norton. And the room that I watched that in, I actually interviewed him, you know, years and years later, 40, 41 years later. So little things like that make it special. And I'm sure that you have some stories, you know, similar things like that. Yeah, well, yeah, for me, the house has a lot of sentimental value. Uh, you know, sadly, um, and things happen in life. And my mom died when I was five years old. Uh, you know, she was, she was only 47. My dad died when I was 21. And you know, my sister, my only other sibling, who's 20 years older than me, very sadly, she passed away 2008, I believe, of cancer. Mm. You know, she's the best, best person in the world, my sister. And she effectively, uh, very selflessly, gave me the house for a dollar. She said, Louie, she said, yeah. she said, you got robbed in life uh, by losing mom at a very young age. And she said, I never did. So she said, you get the house because I know you love it here. And that's, that's love. So it is. And you know what? My, my mom passed age 48. I was 23. Uh, my dad passed in 2004. I was 39. And my half siblings wanted to take from me. They wanted to take my house from me, but uh, they lost, obviously, but that's another story. So yeah. you and I have a lot of similarities, but it kind of stops Absolutely. when it comes to the siblings. But that's uh, uh, that's a nice story, and I give your sister credit. But you know what? It's also credit to you that she 
felt that you were that good of a person, which you are, it seems like already, for her to want to do that. So uh, that's nice. And, you know, Lou, I want to I want to kind of you know interesting because usually we talk about what are the you know what did you learn from your parents you know what kind of traditions and you lost your parents at fairly young ages right. how did that impact your growing up with your culture well it's it's, it's interesting you know uh, uh, I, I had a really good dad uh, my dad never uh, never married again and if he would have it certainly been okay but he never married again my sister was was twenty four when my mom died. My sister, uh, I, I believe, either just got done with grad school or she was in grad school. She she put her life on hold uh, to, to to help raise me, right? But I had a lot of lot of support, and you know it's interesting. Uh, you know, I was, and I was too dumb to realize this. Uh, several years ago, I was reading a book written by Tom Callahan. It was written about my neighbor Ernie Corsi, who's the retired general manager of the New York Giants, yeah. Cleveland Browns, and the Baltimore Colts. I'm very good friends with Ernie. And I was reading something in his book that impressed me. Not so much the football, not the business aspect. It. In the epilogue, he made a statement. He said by the time he was, uh, I'm paraphrasing, 14 years old, he already had his role models identified. And that stuck with me. And I thought to myself, you know what, so did I, except I was too dumb to realize it at the time. People like my Uncle Joe English, Inglés, they changed it to English. Mm. My godfather, Dino Nicolini, my other uncle, Romeo Castelli, all three of them, good, good, good family men, World War II veterans, two of which almost lost their lives in Europe. And, you know, neighbors like Stan Rossi and Warren Plabani, Warren Plabani, a brilliant man, who was instrumental in the labor movement in Hershey. Those guys were my role models. And of course, the best one of all is my sister. So I, I think maybe even subconsciously over the years, people like those people really, really, uh, I think, shaped me. You, you know, when you said that your sister put her life on hold right away, again, it triggered something for me. My dad, when his mom passed at age 52, he had little brothers of uh, eight and five. And my dad put his life on hold and and raised them. He was 18. He raised them. Yeah. So that's uh, I, I triggered that. And Ernie Acorsi is somebody who I've admired over the years. Not just it, it was how he went about his business, the professionalism, and how oh, good he was guy. at what he did. Which nowadays, you know, not not to go into a different uh, thing. I, I'm I work in sports and I, I do some sports shows and I see and I study everybody. He would blow these guys away today because he was a suit, in quotes, but he knew the game. Now these guys are numbers crunchers, and it's just amazing how good him, Tech Schramm, uh, Don Klosterman, those GMs of, of the 70s uh, would just be unbelievable. They, they, they knew talent right away, so I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that. That's I didn't know he was from uh, – as, as much as I've read about him and, and uh, listened to him, I – didn't know he was from out your way. Yeah, he's back in Hershey. He lives only a few blocks from me. Oh wow! Uh, he grew up one block from me, and uh, I was—I didn't know him until I was older in life. I, I knew his mother. Ernie's in his early eighties right now. Yeah. But I knew his mother, Mar Mary, of course. He wonderful, wonderful lady, and I—I knew—I uh, knew all his all his relatives. You know, wonderful people. Now let's talk about the one thing that we don't want to talk. You're a tax collector, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, I wasn't sure if I was going to bring that up, but. Uh... <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm the longest-serving elected official in, in Derry Township, Hershey, Hershey, Pennsylvania. I'm in my 18th year as tax collector, 
and it's uh, not as big of a role as it sounds. It, it, <laughs> I, I, the, the, count, the county is my deputy tax collector. They do all the work, but you're talking to the guy who uh, – well, you know, somebody has to be responsible for it. So it's 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 me. I was going to give you some grief, but no, that's good. I appreciate that. Yeah, I saw that on your bio. That was actually kind of an interesting thing. We've had some interesting guests, and I can honestly say I don't think I've ever I don't think I've ever spoken with a tax collector before. Oh, really? I, I don't think ever in my life. I've had a couple. Yeah, nice people. They were neighbors. Oh, so or one guy was a neighbor. Yeah, and, and another. One I mean, was personal or business? I've never not, oh, knock on wood. I've never had to deal with a tax collector. But anyway, we digress, sort of. Uh, all right, Lou. Let's talk about though. Let's talk about the Italian American uh, research that you do. This is a big deal, because you and I were talking, you know, a few weeks ago, and Hershey is not. You know, there are certain cities when you you almost think are synonymous with Italians. Oh, Chicago, New York, Philadelphia. Like, oh, yeah, okay, got it. But people wouldn't realize the influence in Hershey, PA. So let's right. start there. You know, yeah. wh- how did you, what kind of triggered the passion for you to do the research and, and talk about some of the things you learned? You know, it's interesting. I think I was telling you when we first met uh, on the phone a couple weeks back that, you know, when I was, when I was younger, I, I, I really didn't care to. I mean, just being Italian, it was just, yeah, okay, well, whatever. And, and you know, and I got to tell you, when I was younger, all my, you know, my, my dad was a lot older uh, than my other friends' parents. And I, I never really appreciated my dad or we, I loved him very much, but I never really appreciated the whole heritage stuff until I was older. And I got to tell you, it was around 2018, not too long ago. I've been involved with the Hershey Italian Lodge for, for many years, but 2018 is when it really, really hit me. I stumbled across a box in my attic with hundreds of old photographs. And I posted a couple of them on Facebook. And it just turned into a lot of comments. And then somebody said, you ought to form your own Italian-Americans or Hershey Facebook group. It just you know, blew up. And there are hundreds and hundreds of photos on this group and thousands of thousands of comments and all the stories I've learned uh, about all the different families in Hershey. And, you know, uh, here's the thing. Everybody knows about Hershey for all the obvious reasons. And so much is written about a great man, by the way, about Mr. Hershey and his town, great philanthropist, no doubt about it, and we're all benefactors of, of him. But so much is written about Mr. Hershey and his town, so little is written about the unsurpassed contributions of the Italian-American community of Hershey. And I don't know any other ethnic group that has made more contributions, especially in the area of the labor movement and the World War II effort, than the Italian Americans in Hershey, Pennsylvania. Well, this has been a recurring theme. We've been talking about this for for months and months and months. It's for some reason, Italians have done a lot of great things in this country, but for whatever reason, we can't even get an acknowledgement that it's Italian American Heritage Month in October. People don't know that. It's been a struggle. Uh, I'm trying to. Uh, we have an excellent school district in, in, in our township. But it's been a struggle. I've, I've addressed the curriculum committee several times. I teach at Penn State. Penn State is a wonderful, wonderful university. And, you know, there's signs, there's posters on the campuses for uh, Hispanic Heritage Month. Very important, by the way. There's sure. signs for Native American Heritage Month. Extremely important, by the way. But there's never any signs for Italian American uh, Heritage Month. And in the past two years alone, we've gotten proclamations in Hershey and proclamations from our township supervisors, our county, the Pennsylvania House of Representatives, and the Pennsylvania Senate 
stating the contributions of the Italian-Americans and recognizing October as Italian-American Heritage Month. So I think we made some really good, uh, really good strides in that, in that area. And we're really, it's a struggle, but we're really trying hard to educate what is an, an ever-increasingly uh, diverse town. You know, it, it's, it's no longer the blue-collar ethnic community. It's very much a medical research community. And change is good, but people need to be educated. Well, change doesn't necessarily mandate that you forget your history, whether that is your culture or not, because, you know, again, I've said this a thousand times, you have to know where you've come from to know who you are. And I think there are a a lot of active attempts out there to either erase or rewrite history, including Mm -hmm. Italian history, because whether you like Columbus or not, he is who he is. And he's a very, very misunderstood individual. But, you know, the, the bigger piece to that isn't so much whether you like Columbus or not. It's the, the why that holiday exists, why those statues, it's what it represents. But again, exactly. it gets twisted and it gets twisted into this evil thing. And it could not be farther from the truth because you get some people, they don't like it. They get onto these universities, they spew this crap, kids buy it. And, and now you've got a generation thinking, oh, they're, they're evil and they're bad. And, and, where did history get lost? And, and unfortunately, it's not limited to the Italians, but you know, there's 30-something million Italian-Americans in this country. If they ever figure it out and bond, we're going to be a heck of a, a, heck of a, of a force that's going to say, no, 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 well, we think you're going to have our month a little more you know, pronounced. But the problem is, is we don't go out there and make the noise that some of these other groups do, probably because we're too busy working. So we're not out there you know, making this noise so because we can't make the noise, people don't hear us. And that's how you get forgotten. And the, and the worst part is the further, this is my opinion, but the further you go away from the roots, the more you forget your heritage and you don't appreciate it. That's why people like you right. are so important because you're saying, no, 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 no. These people may be gone and dead and buried, but their contributions are why you are here, why this is here today. And I think you know, that has to continue to be, you know, educated, researched, brought up, and informed. So even if you're a third generation removed from Italian and you can't speak a lick of Italian and you can't remember where your family's from, it doesn't matter. Three generations yeah. ago, your family came here. I mean, I got, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, exactly. I mean, you know, uh, my, my grandfather came here and, and uh, I, I just stumbled across the fact that he never became a, a U.S. citizen. He got sick. And you know, my dad was born in Hershey, by the way. All his other siblings were born in Italy. My dad, the youngest by 16 years, was born in Hershey, but my dad did in reverse. My, my dad was raised in Italy. So born in Hershey, went back to Italy with his parents because his dad got sick. My dad survived Mussolini's fascist wars in the 1930s in Italy. And then at the end of the 1930s, he, you know, he basically woke up and said, okay, I don't want to fight for Italy. I'm going to move home his mom had to stay there until the war was over but uh but it's interesting that you know i i i found out my grandfather never became a citizen so i started the citizenship process and in may of 2022 uh my daughter and i had our uh, italian citizenship recognized so i mean i jumped into this thing with both feet i just did mine that's <laughs> so awesome it, 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 uh, it's it's awesome people also don't understand the uh uh the, the sacrifices that, that the Italians made. My dad's sister, uh, she was born in 1904. At the age of 11 in 1915, her first attempt at coming here, they, they left her behind. She was in good hands with relatives. It was not common to leave the young girls behind until the family got situated. In 1915, 
in the middle of World War One. She's on a boat with her relatives, and they were crossing the Atlantic. And uh, a, a U-boat flying an Austrian flag stopped the Italian passenger ship and said, turn around. Well, the Italian captain said no. Thank God it was lunchtime, and they were all above deck eating. They were, they were sailing steerage class. When those torpedoes hit the boat, it sunk. My aunt was on a, my dad's sister was on a life raft for, for three days, went back to Italy, decided to stay there until the war was over. Then in 1920, uh, came here, came here for good. You know, people are just, you know, in awe when I tell these stories of the sacrifices that, that the Italians made to come here to find a better life. Lou, not just the sacrifices, but some of the hell that they went through. And my grandfather came from Calabria at, uh, on the boat, age 15, by himself. And I remember as a senior in high school at age 17, I met somebody in North Hills, and I said, how am I going to go to North Hills and visit this person in North Hills? Yeah, I mean, it was like a big deal, and I'm embarrassed to say that. My grandfather came all the way over from Italy, age 15, stayed with some family members, and went to work in a place called Lilitz, uh, Pennsylvania, which is right around Johnstown in the coal mines. Mm-hmm. I mean, they did not have it easy. Now, he came back uh, to the Pittsburgh area and, and did what he did. Yeah. He worked in uh, for some people, and he bought properties in Italy, but they, they really— went through hell. And, and something I, I, I'll advise you to do that you may be interested, I'm sure you heard of the wrestler Bruno San Martino. Oh, absolutely. Was, the, uh, absolutely. There was a living legend. Yeah, yeah, very good. They made a document. Larry Richard, who's a very well-known uh, radio host here in Pittsburgh, made a documentary of Bruno, and they were friends. And you got to get it. it it's I think it was just out last year, and the hell that he went through. and But it was kind of a representation of a lot of the Italians and what they went through over there. Uh, and then when yeah. they came here, they, they made their way through hard work. And, and it's, a, it, it's just a great story. But, uh, yeah, I can appreciate your story, what you said for sure. There were property, even in Hershey, for as good as Mr. Hershey was to the, to the immigrant community. And overall, he was very, very good. Uh, but, you, you know, he, he was also very controlling. Uh, the pay in the factory was absolutely horrible, even for the 1920s and 30s. Uh, property property deeds, uh, I don't think they were the results of Mr. Hershey, but property deeds in town said uh, do not sell to anybody, do not sell to Italians, do not lease to Italians. Uh, I have one property deed that says do not lease or sell to anybody other than members of the of the Caucasian of the Caucasian race. And then the Italian community in Hershey really, really got. Uh, of a bad rap uh, in the late 1930s, 1937, when they when they went on strike and there was a sit down strike and it ended in terrible, terrible violence. And the community was greatly, greatly divided over over that. It was almost like the Italians uh, versus versus the non-Italians. Uh, but I got to tell you, the life of the workers in the community, uh, I can only speak for Hershey, has been made such such uh, has been made better because of the efforts of those brave uh, laborers who did have the guts to, to unionize back then. But can you imagine, again, all the things that they went through? And again, not to go back to my grandfather, but age 15. And I'm not kidding. When I was told uh, this girl lived in North Hills, I said, how the hell am I going to go see her? I live. Uh, I, I, I'm, forgive me, Lou, North Hills is uh, maybe about 20 minutes. Less, yeah, yeah, 20 minutes from, from where I live. I, forgive me, you don't know where North Hills is. It's about 20 minutes. And I'm in North Hills every single day now. And I, I still yeah. think of that. I said, 
geez, what an idiot I was. My grandfather came here by himself at age 15. Don't. Couldn't speak the language. They messed up his last name. They, they gave him the name that we have now, Relsano, but that's another story. And he, he did very well. He did very well. They just, they didn't, again, they didn't complain. They didn't just came complain. over here and they just worked hard. And they that's, worked. That should be a lesson to a lot of Americans. End of story. Yeah. They worked. Yeah. You're right. I mean, I, I, I told you about my aunt being on the boat that, that was sunk, right? Well, when she came here in 1920, she came with her aunt and uncle and their four-year-old son, Angelo Elmi. And Angelo Elmi, I knew him very, very well. He got here at age four years old, did not speak one word of English. Thirteen years later, he graduated valedictorian from Hershey High School, and then several years later, graduated valedictorian from the Hershey Junior College, one of the best junior colleges in the country, and he ended his career as the senior engineer project manager for the Hershey Chocolate Corporation. That is a nice. success story. Yeah, very much so. That's right. It's called but hard work. But more people it, need to know about that's that. Right. That's right. That's exactly right. It's called hard work, and you can achieve great things through hard work despite the obstacles that society throws in front of you. See, that's the problem. There, you know you know why the research you're doing is so important, Lou? It's because what you're teaching people is there is a nobody who did not have challenges. In fact, some people had challenges a lot worse than they have them today, not even, not even close. But yet somehow they found a way to fight and push through it and be successful. I mean, from all of the research that you're doing, what is what are some of the surprises you're that's coming out of this? Because you're 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 doing a lot of research now, and and granted you're focused mostly on that community, but but what are some of the big surprises that you're finding as a result of this? Well, you know there was a lot of uh, you know, okay, a lot of my research, uh, you know, has been focused on the labor movement, and I always knew about the the, the strike, quote unquote, the big strike. I never knew the details. Uh, of the strike. I never knew that there was uh, this pro-labor movement in the Italian enclave. Uh, it was called Swatera Station because there's a train station there called Swatera Station, very important to the uh, to the community. And that's where the Italian, a lot of the Italians lived. And a lot of them were, you know, sort of radical pro-labor guys. But, you know, that, that's okay. They did what they thought was the right thing to do. And they, you know, did what uh, they you know, needed to be done at the time. So I really did not know much about the, the driving factors of the labor movement. I certainly did not know about the details of the discrimination against the Italian-American community. So th th those nitty-gritty details are probably some of the most surprising things I'm, I'm finding. Now, where do you, you, you do a lot of presentations. Uh, how received is this, and where, and where do you do your presentations at? Yeah, so I, I, I've done a series of presentations at the Hershey History Center. The Hershey History Center is an outstanding uh, organization. It's a nonprofit uh, formed in 1991. It's now uh, – its home is in a completely beautifully restored Milton Hershey School farmhouse. It's a barn. Uh, it is gorgeous, over 4,000 square feet of top-notch space. You heard of Major uh, Dick Winters from Band of Brothers? Yeah, yeah. Well, he lived in Hershey, and he he uh, gave us his entire office. We have his entire office, uniforms, everything, medals uh, there. We, we we have the entire Hershey Bears uh, collection there, and there's also an Italian American uh, display there. So the Hershey History Center is a place where you can learn more about and oh, it's, you know, chocolate made Hershey or Mr. Hershey made her. You know, we, the, at the Hershey History Center, you learn about the entire community 
and the Italian Amer- and the German, by the way, and the Irish community. But we have a, our own display of the Italian American community, and uh, to a degree, it was uh, it was formed after the Italian American project at the Heinz Center, uh, done by Melissa Marinaro. Oh yeah, she's been a guest. Been a guest. Right? I was thinking. I, you know, I, I was I thinking about her, her during and, uh, this. Yeah, I met Melissa uh, via Zoom. Uh, we're both part of the uh, uh, Museum and Cultural Institutions Committee of the uh, Conference of Presidents of Major Italian American Organizations. So that's where I first met her. And while you were talking, I was thinking about her and the Heinz History Center. So, and she's been a guest on our show a few times, and we've done some things up there. So that's, that's she's a great girl doing great work. Uh, finally, uh, Lou, what's next for you in this project? Are you, are you going to be doing more? Uh, what what is it? So uh, yeah, so I, I've done several presentations on the on the on the labor movement. I've done uh, several presentations at some other organizations in town, just on the general Italian American history of Hershey. What's in store for the future? Uh, a couple things. I'm very involved not only with the Hershey History Center, but I'm also involved with the Hershey Italian Lodge. Uh, we want to have more heritage events at the Hershey Italian Lodge, and uh, we just had our first, which will be an annual. Uh, Italian Heritage Weekend, uh, Columbus Day weekend. It was great. About 400 people attended. Also, notably, we own a war memorial, a marble war memorial, which sits in the heart of the old Little Italy in Hershey on the main street in Hershey, Pennsylvania. It is the We own the memorial, but it sits on state land. It is the only publicly owned land in our township that flies another flag other than the American flag. We got the American flag on one pole. We got the Italian flag on the other pole. We are going to continue to have our annual Memorial Day ceremony at that memorial. Next year will be our 67th consecutive uh, ceremony. And I really want to expand my own research. I would like to do a presentation on the contributions of the Italian-American community to the World War II effort. Given that next year is a big anniversary of D-Day, and the year after that will be the anniversary of our, uh, I think, the 80th, I believe, uh, victory in World War II, I would like to do a presentation or two on the contributions of the Italian-American community to the war effort. Well, this is fantastic. If folks want to learn more or get a hold of you, what's your uh, website, and uh, how how can they reach out to you? Uh, they can get a hold of me. The best way to get a hold of me is, is via my email, and I can, I can give it to you right now if you'd like. It's lpioletti at comcast.net. I'm also on Facebook. They can just look for uh, Lou Pioletti on, on Facebook. And there's only one out there in Hershey because I found you that way too. Lou, appreciate your time today. And uh, as always, if there's anything we can do for you, and in fact, when you have these events coming up, please feel free to reach back out to us. We'd love to promote them again the whole point of this show is to promote the Italian American culture, and as such, when and anybody listening, if you have events coming up and there's something you'd like for us to promote, please reach out to us. We will gladly promote it. Lou, I want to thank you again for your time. I want to thank you for the work you're doing. I appreciate it. It's the little bit that I've been able to interact with you and doing some reading. Uh, again, it's I would have never thought Hershey was such a an impactful um, town or in your case, an unincorporated uh, area for, you know, for the Italian-Americans. I mean, you know there's immigrants there, but you're just not thinking large swathes of Italians. So I appreciate that and appreciate your work. Absolutely. I, like I said, I've been more than honored to be asked to be on your show. I mean, I listened to the Vince Papala interview, the Ferragamo interview, <laughs> the Mario Andretti interview, and uh, just to be, uh, to be asked to be on the show 
with uh, people like that is this is just incredible. Crazy. Thank you, Lou. We Thank appreciate you. So much. you. You've Thank added you. a lot to it. Thank you. Thanks, Lou. We'll, t- we'll right. stay in touch, Thanks, buddy. We'll guys. talk soon. You take care. Take care. Bye bye. Once again, we want to thank Lou for joining us today. It's a great interview. And uh, coming up after the break, we're going to have a couple of those interviews we talked about at the beginning of the show with the organic market and a few other folks that were out there on site. So we hope you'll stick around after these words. All right. If you missed Italian Impact Weekly live on WKHB Radio, 620 AM, 102.1 FM, you can always listen to our archives by going to www.italianimpactweekly.com and hear such great interviews with Mario Andretti, Vince Ferragamo, Chris Corciani, Vince Papali, and many successful business people uh, along the way. Also, our, our other show, Talking Business and Life, with Claudio Ralsano and Steve Mancini. You can hear that show on www.crsmmedia.com. In that show, we cover such great topics as different funnels of income, dealing with rejection, pivoting to a new career, and we've had such great guests as boxing icon Jerry Cooney and some upcoming guests, boxing champion Donnie Lalonde, and just talked to this young man the other day, Jim Rooker. He was a pitcher for the Pittsburgh Pirates, an announcer for the Pittsburgh Pirates, ran for public office, a restaurant owner, great guy, author, and don't forget about my show, The Claudio Relsano Show, with such great guests as Ken Griffey Sr., Rocky Blyer, Robin Cole, Dick Vermeil, Roman Gabriel, Pierre LaRouche, and Empire Media Ventures. If you're looking to host your own podcast, please connect with Steve and me. We can help you with that. You can get to us at questions at italianimpactweekly.com. And finally, if you're looking for someone to make appearances at your event or to promote your event or speak at your event, Steve and I are available for that. So we appreciate all of you tuning into our show. We'd also like to thank Chris Gonzalez from the Knights of Columbus. If you have any questions about joining the Knights of Columbus, reach out to Chris Gonzalez at 412-605-9074. Thanks to Greater Pittsburgh Travel. For any of your travel needs, let Tom and the team at Greater Pittsburgh Travel know and they'll take care of you. For more information, call 412-331-2244 or visit their website at www.greaterpittsburghtravel.com. For all of your plumbing needs, be sure to try Pellucci Plumbing. Nick and the team have decades of experience and will get you back up and running. For more information, call Pellucci Plumbing at 412-782-5050. And we want to thank the Calabria Club of Pittsburgh. If you're interested in learning more, you can find their contact information on Facebook at Calabria Club of Pittsburgh. Again, thanks Domenica and the team at the Calabria Club of Pittsburgh for your support. And we want to thank La Scuola d'Italia Galileo Galilei, the only nonprofit school in Pittsburgh endorsed by the Italian consulate. If you're interested in learning Italian or have your children being immersed in the Italian culture and language, be sure to give them a call at 412-404-7070. That's La Scuola d'Italia, Galileo Galilei. Okay, welcome back to Italian Impact Weekly and Talking Business and Life with Claudio Relsano and Steve Mancini. We have another special guest on today, Cassandra Brown. She's on the board of directors with the Rosedale Food Pantry. Tell us uh, what your your goals are here today and uh, just tell them why you're here. So we're here today because Carrie was so nice to reach out to us. She has heard about our food pantry, not just from the community, but from me coming here as a, a regular customer. And she decided to really uh, assist us in meeting the needs of our clients by having a food drive for us here today. 
Yeah, I know she's very passionate about it. She told me about this a long time ago, mm-hmm. and uh, she's a giver without question. Yes, she and is. And this is a great organization to give to. Tell us how you got started in it. So I've been involved with the food pantry for approximately 20 years. Um, I've been a nurse for almost 30 and a nurse practitioner. Oh, wow. But there was a time when I had just had a child and I wasn't working. And at the same time, my husband got laid off. And so we just needed food for one month. And we went to the food pantry, and they graciously gave us a box to tie us over. Even though we didn't meet the income requirements, we just had a little gap in, in, sure. in, in, in needing some assistance. And ever since that day, we have dedicated ourselves to volunteering there and making our children um, volunteer there as well. That is very nice. And that's a nice story, and that, that, that's good that you do that. And that, I'm glad that we, we got you here to tell that story. Oh, thank you. No, you know what? It's funny because I don't think... I don't think people know how far a seed will grow when you plant it. And the reality is, is at one time, a long time ago, somebody helped you when you needed it. And you said, you know what, I'm going to pay that back. And you've been, sounds like you've been dedicating a long time to doing the right thing. And, you know, it's one of those, it's one, first, I think food pantries are fantastic because they, they fill a void. It shouldn't be somewhere I have to go for the next five years to eat food, but I love the idea that, hey, I'm, I want some rough times, especially <laughs> lately, last few years, people have been falling on rough times. Inflation, money's not worth as much. We, we need a little assistance. Talk a little bit about more about, you know, how, beyond just being a passion for you trying to pay this back, how do you guys operate? How does this whole thing function? Because it's been around a while, yes. and it's successful. So how does it work, and, and, and what's keeping it going? So what keeps it going is the passion of our volunteers. Our volunteers are a driving force in us being able to keep this train moving. Um, Pittsburgh Food Pantry supplies us, but because of the generous donations of our sponsors and the volunteer, um, the volunteerism, we're able to keep it going. Um, we get some food from the food pantry, but there's a lot that we have to purchase. So if we didn't get those monetary donations we wouldn't be able to take care of the 250 families that approximately that we serve each week mm. um so do they rotate is it rotating or is it like a set number or is it just so every wednesday we service families every wednesday except the fifth wednesday and the volunteers come in the morning and they serve approximately two to three hours to prepare the boxes and get them ready for that evening. And then our families come in about from 4.30 to 7.30 and we give them not only a box of dry goods, but we supply them with meat as well, meat and vegetables. Um, and we get volunteers from all over, but my organization, Zeta Phi Veta, we also um, are very service oriented and we have partnered with several food pantries in Allegheny County just to be there to make sure that you have the manpower to fill those boxes, provide that 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 transportation to their vehicles. I mean, we take the food to their cars. We also take food in our trucks to local high-rises for senior citizens who can't come out. And this is all stuff that we do on our own and with the funding that we get from our sponsors. And talk about some of the communities. Which communities do you serve? So our food pantry, Roselle Community Food Pantry, we service Verona, Oakmont, Penn Hills, Plum, um, and those surrounding areas. Okay. Mm-hmm. Do you do you guys have a, a, a kind of a screening to make sure folks really need this? And this isn't mm-hmm. just somebody saying, oh, I can get free food. Like, how do you know? Right. So there are some um, income regu- guidelines, and they do want you to be in the um, – 
in our service area, but if there's someone that has an emergent need, they will assist you with a one-time donation of, of, of a box of food, of meat and produce. But we do try to keep it into our geographical area, but we don't turn anyone away. Now, as I was gonna say, real, real quick, let me ask you something. Um, a lot of the food, you guys are taking financial donations, but you also take food donations and you just buy it, or how, 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 where does the food actually come from? So, most of our food comes from the Greater Pittsburgh Food Pantry that we purchase each each week. The food, um, they donate some to us, some we purchase. And then we have donations where we take our truck and pick up from, say, Giant Eagle if they have excess. But Sam's it's not Club if they have right. excess. No, we do have individuals that will drop off to us as oh, well. Okay. And usually those are non-perishable goods. Organizations will give us meat and produce, but individuals bringing it in, we take non-perishable items. Has has things been easier since the pandemic? Meaning people are starting to have maybe a little bit more of a heart. Things have happened to people. Yeah. Let me give to people, play it forward, pay it forward. We've been extremely blessed that we have continued to have a nice influx of people giving to us and donating to us. However, with the pandemic, um, there has been a decline in the amount oh. of money that we get because everyone has a need or the items cost more, okay. you know, or they're hard to come by. So even the Greater Pittsburgh Food Pantry, who graciously has provided for us for years, has had to give us less just oh, because wow. they're okay. servicing so many more people. Yeah, I was going to say, I was wondering how in the last few years how things have trickled up. I remember watching some news stories where there were people that said at one time I was giving and now I'm getting. Yeah. You guys see that a lot? Yes, we do. We do. And I, and I think that's a lesson for folks that are listening. It's like, look, you might be on good times now. Yes. And it, it, the most important time to help people is anytime. anytime. And But especially when you are have a surplus. Because I think if we all do that, you know, there might be a time when we're all going to need help. And, I've, and I, by the way, I've been to the point where I've been dirt poor. Yeah. You know, and I've been well off. And that's why I've, I never, ever forget where I come from. And I think if people take that message... Then you're going to find groups like this. You say, you know, I'm going to help a little bit. I'm going to help a little bit. Because you know what? If you've been there, you're like, I don't want to be back there. But if I ever go back there, I want to know there's somebody like me. You know, not that I'm some saint. But I mean, or somebody out there that says, you know what? I'm going to donate to keep these things going. What do you, what do you we're, say? We're all one life experience possibly away from, That's right. you know, food insufficiency. Exactly. Or homelessness, you know. Exactly. Um, so it is. It's not always the choices you always, make, right? Absolutely. It could be something that happens externally something you can't control. Absolutely. Now, how can people donate, get in touch with you, help your organization? So we are on Facebook and they can look us up at Rosedale Food Pantry. We also have a QR code here at the store that you guys can share if you like as well. Um, or they can, you know, again, hit us up on social media. And we also have an email address, rosedalefoodpantry.org. And a phone number? Can I yes, read that? Yes, you 412-302-2509. Yes, thank you so much. And we're going to put everything out on our website for you, too. Oh, we're going to so share awesome. the love, and we want you to keep doing what you're doing. Because let me tell you something. I appreciate what you're doing. And I know those people, hopefully they're telling you they appreciate what they're doing. And folks that are listening, you know, like, like we've just said, you know, God forbid something happens. But you could be the one standing in line for that food. And if you can help people... You help people. so Yes, thank you. Thank you to all your listeners. Thank and if they can donate, we appreciate it. And we'll be there for them if they ever need us. Awesome. Thank, thank you, you so very much. much. Thank, thank you. Thank you. 
Welcome back to Italian Impact Weekly and Talking Business Life with Claudio Relsano and Steve Mancini. We have a very special guest on who was on the Italian Impact Weekly show a little while back. Somebody who I met here at today's organic market, I think it was in June, and that is the ambassador of today's organic market, Kathy Phillips. Kathy, thank you so much for being on again. Thank you. Such a cool word, ambassador. ambassador. Right? When Carrie said, do you want to be an ambassador for the store, I said, I don't know, what does that entail? <laughs> and uh, basically, I just support the heck out of her because I um, have a diet that requires the food that she has. Mm. I can't find it anywhere else. Right. I have to travel into the city, which would be about a 40-minute drive against traffic. I just come to good old Oakmont, today's market. And you know what, though? Not only, like I said before, they have so many different products here, but it's the people here, including yourself and Carrie and Maddie, that make you feel welcome and that educate you. Absolutely. It, it's, it's a unique store because of just that. You walk into the big giant stores and you're a number you're a number uh you're not known unless you get hit in the parking lot that would be it um but here it's just a personalized experience and everybody's different and she embraces every single person that walks through the store what made you want to eat better was there a health mm -hmm. issue or just you maybe hearing things and listening to things say no no i'm gonna change this yeah that to me it was it was basically um hormonal you know change in, in in hormones and midlife crisis and um asked my doctor i'm like hey you know what can i do to lose weight he said welcome to old age i'm like well that wasn't a good answer <laughs> so i educated myself on what the paleo diet's all about and like i said on that last show it's all ingredients it's all based on ingredients so thanks to dr palombini uh carpe diem wellness certain functional medicine doctors and a pcp you got to throw that in there <laughs> Um, you learn what the culprits are and then you zoom in and you look at the ingredients. I used to be one of those people that would see people in the big stores, they have glasses on and they're reading and I'm like, let's just pick it up and buy right. it, whatever. And then when I turned about 54-ish, okay, yeah. almost seven years ago, <laughs> um, I'm one of those people and I'm reading for ingredients no matter where I go. In here, I know the brands. And I haven't bought a brand like Nabisco, like a well-known brand, for seven years. Wow. Okay. And you feel the, I mean, obviously you look great, oh, but you feel the thank effect? thank you. I do. I mean, it doesn't mean that you have a perfectly well-balanced um, life. You know, life comes at you fast with sure. certain viruses or whatever. But my body works for me inside out because I'm so cognizant of what I'm putting in it. Yeah. Do I cheat sometimes? Absolutely. Wow. But I know not to have certain ingredients like soy lecithin or soy itself or, um, you know, for me, dairy and gluten. It's just what my body didn't mm -hmm. like. So once you find out what your body doesn't like, you listen. You listen, right. yeah, and it speaks. Kathy, first off, I wasn't here at the last interview when you guys had the show. So When I called him Joe. She called him every name in the book. <laughs> right, right. I, I wonder if she knows my name now. Claudio. There you go. I'm not even asking her if she knows mine. We'll just, we'll wait till the second show, or the third show in that case. Steve's um, a little easier Steve. to remember than Claudio. That's easy to remember. Is that right? Yeah. You're Steve. She got it. 
Okay. I'm Joe. No. Oh my gosh. Now I'm, now I'm confused. No, you're good. We're giving you grief. No, um, it's funny because I was told one time that if you can't pronounce the ingredients, you probably shouldn't be eating it. And it, it's funny you say sure. that. I've also been told that if it can stay fresh on your shelf for months and months and months and months and months, there's probably something right. in there. And I think there's a lot of truth in that. And I think almost all of our health problems, and I believe this, are due to our diet. In the last 50 years, we have just been... Once we've commercialized, once we commercialize things, we ruin them. Right. We ruin them, and we did it with food. We're doing it with medicine. You know, we're fun. Hey, we can make money off this. So I'm going to give you a crappy diet. I'm going to put sugar in every possible thing I can. I'm going to load you up with sugar. Lo and behold, you're going to have diabetes at some point. But don't worry. There's a pharmaceutical a that's going to come it, fix it. Right. But it doesn't really fix it. It just controls it. Right. And the truth is, most of the stuff can go away just by the diet. But for some reason, people choose to not change. You changed out of necessity? I changed because the doctor said words that didn't um, appeal to me. And I said, how can I fix this weight gain with middle life, you know, okay, whatever, menopause, whatever you want to call it, perimenopause, whatever. And he said, welcome to old age. And I said, that's not good enough, right. doctor. And, and I disagree said, well, with that old age because there's that. a lot of people in other countries and cultures that can live long, healthy lives. Sure. For some reason in America, you can see that they're Because right. it's called M S. Oh, or it's called the, um, you know, the stuff that, come on, the wheat. Um, is that MSO or is uh, that MGO? Sorry, I'm thinking soy. MGO, and you have the things that make the food last longer, but that means it's not going to break down in your body the way it should. So I learned through a 21-day cleanse that I found how to reset my body and believe me it wasn't easy and i didn't know oh, sugar is addictive but i educated sure. myself i read i studied i studied my body and i i learned what to eliminate slowly what to eliminate slowly and um it's been a seven-year journey now the irony is is if you just want to natural vegetables and, and maybe some clean meats. Whole foods. Yeah, you're right. You'd it's all whole food. I eat like a cave woman. I, well, <laughs> I mean, a, a lot I of people are starting foods. to do that and lo and behold, and they're healthy. You have to make sure your meats are grass-fed. Right. You have to make sure your That's right, because just eating meat is not good enough. Buy, it's gonna be, because now the way that, again, it's all mass-produced. And you have right. to buy organic. And again, the problem is, is it's so expensive, though. It's all organic. But, but it's, it's getting, it's not the average person. Isn't that sad? Think about why would it be so expensive? Exactly. Well, Because someone doesn't want us to be Economy's great. I can't figure out why prices are up either. I don't get it. But organic is triple the cost, what? and it shouldn't be because there's less preservatives on it. But, well, exactly. <laughs> the less. What? It. what that's a, so begs the question. Then why is it so expensive? Why can't I go out and get organic meat or vegetables and not pay an arm and a leg? It's been like that forever. Why does the FDA not approve a lot of the supplements either? Huh. So you got to go there too. Well, if you the FDA. Pull that yeah, we'll up. just hold on that one. But I but think it's just a matter you. of being in tuned. Yeah. Um, you know, carry offers discount. That helps. She has a app called Clover, and so much uh, purchases you get 15% off. She always has specials going on. She makes the best soup ever. She does. That, I've had that, it. Yeah. That to, um, Whole Foods, uh, Giant Eagle blows them out of the water. But you know, God love her because she is unique and different, and she's staying small. This woman could blow Giant Eagle out of the water. But why do that when you can stay local? And is the city a small business day? And we need more of that because she's not owned. She owns this. Oh, I right. couldn't. I couldn't agree with that more because that's. And therein is the problem because these large corporations can come in 
and they can compete. Yeah, and they gobble up the small businesses. Well, and she used to work for a large corporation, so she knows the little the dirty both sides secrets. of the coin. Yes. Right? No, no, no. So I get it. she knows. I think und- I think she understands the business better than um, anyone, and uh, she's well, very successful. To go and her and path. I, I do yeah. enjoy it here. And by the way, people are wondering if we're selling the place. We're absolutely selling the place, but we're selling it for a different well, reason. Her well, but I mean, it's not even that. It's a but. It, but it's but it. But you don't have to be. The point is, right. if you're do, if people that are involved in this, the one thing I keep seeing this theme over and over again is people here for something bigger. It's not just a job. It's not just a whole foods place. It is a home almost in a lot of ways because, like I said, everybody comes in here. They know each other. They're talking. They're chatting. And it, it's just a very it's a good environment. It's yeah. it's also it's not just the food. It's a psychological place where you come it's to and welcome. Right. Exactly, mm-hmm. and that's and that you don't get. We all joke right. about the Walmart greeter, but I mean, like, come on, let's be honest. <laughs> I could have been that. I'm a retired teacher, and I thought, no, I'd rather be an ambassador for a store. Hello, I believe in. the Walmart. Right? Yeah. <laughs> what no, are some I of mean, your favorite things here? Well, her most recent is her organic uh, vegetables, and it's from compost. What's it called, Maddie? The uh, composite the frozen vegetables that she has the organic and and you can come in and it's like bulk mm. so you bring your bag back and i forgot my bags today but you bring i'll just get another one but you basically you replenish uh organic green beans organic fr- uh, frozen fruits organic broccoli and i trust every thing in this store right. that's I do. the word trust well you know what you has meats too she has the grass-fed beef she has the chicken you ask if she doesn't have it, she orders it. Now you've tried the non-organic stuff, and obviously you are doing the organic stuff. Tell us the difference it's made in your life. If I go back seven years ago, I, it, I was basically an IDK girl. Like, I don't know, whatever. I'm just going to eat it. Mm. And I, be, I educated myself, and I've learned that you... And you got to be careful, because just it's, if it just says organic... It doesn't mean anything anymore. It doesn't mean anything. You have to really look into... Again, who's purchasing it and where they're purchasing it from? You got to know the farmer, like she always says, and you do. And her farmers are from Lancaster. Her farmers are from trustworthy areas. Well, I love the fact I her suppliers whole, are here. I mean, she's got right, suppliers here today. Right, right, because right. she's one on one with them. But my difference is in your question. I, I feel empowered. So when I eat Whole Foods, you feel whole. Well, you are what you and eat. I, you are what you eat. You are what you eat. And, and, but we're a culture that we're, we're distracted to do a quick fast food. To oh, Life comes at you fast. Oh, I'm a work slave. I'm a debt slave. I have this to pay. I have bills to pay. Wait a minute. I got to take care of me first. That's right. Amen. Right, right. And then I can take care of my family and everything else. Now, my final question is, and this is a very important one, because I can probably give everything up, but is there an organic carrot cake? that I can have. I just had one this morning. You're kidding. <laughs> How good was it? Because that's, 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 if I'm going to be a junkie, Absolutely. if I'm going to be a slave to the grind, it's going to be get carrot it. cake. You can make it. You can, she has bread mix. She has mix here. You can get muffin mix, Steve, and then you can get your organic carrots and all the walnuts that she has here and you can make your own carrot it's cake. It's the icing. That's the which will blow giant eagles whatever in the freezer out of the water. The 20,000% of your daily allowance of sugar. Mm, but see then sugar. again, <laughs> you got to find the time to make it. You got to, you know, but she has stuff that's already made too. So it's Well, that's my that's my Achilles heel because I could probably give up most junk food, but for something But she I'm, has good for you junk food too. I like it. <laughs> I was talking to your wife Linda Claudio yeah. before this and I said 
This is the best kept secret in the Pittsburgh area. That's why we're Today's here, so market. it's not a secret. It's we're not. It shouldn't be. People need to come in and embrace it. And whatever works for them, they will find it here. There's right. no pressure. Right, right, right. You know, I just pray that more people can start to read the ingredients. And you said something, Steve, that it's... If you don't understand the ingredients, then you probably don't know what you're eating. But it's also, if there's a, a plethora of ingredients yeah. and a long list, more than likely, they're bad. <laughs> Less is more with right. those ingredients. And you don't need all those fillers. You don't. Oh, Let's, be right. a, Let's become another Europe. Come on. We can do I this. I don't know. They're going our way. I was no. just over there a month ago, and I went in. I saw all these American fast food places. I said, good luck, Europe. You're going to need know. your socialized health care. The no. big cities are becoming pun intended, westernized, meaning Americanized. No. Oh, yeah. America needs to wake up, really. Before it's too late. Just well, take care the, of yourself. Well, the irony is, is you would think that, but you know what? Everyone complains about their health. It's like, but stop. We want a pill for everything. We want a short answer. We want right. a certain. It's like, you know what's real simple? Well, diet and exercise. And, and it takes There's a no detox. There's no shortcuts. Right. Yeah. Diet it and exercise. It takes a detox, and for those 21 days, I cleansed, and God love my husband. He loves me because I went through some bad times. Because when oh. you get out of your system what doesn't belong there, it's going to fight to stay. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Sugar, and, and I, I'm, I use sugar as an example. There's other chemicals, but Remember, it is Remember, she addictive. has coconut sugar here. She has, there's alternatives to sugar well, the that will make your life. They give us. Yeah, or coconut sugar, monk fruit. Uh, what's the other one? Stavia, okay. But the monk fruit and the coconut sugar are for real. It's true sugar. I like sugar. It's incredible. I do like sugar. Well, you are a walking billboard for this place, <laughs> and uh, we appreciate Give me the height. I'll take that height. What's that? Well, you're great the way you are, but thank you so much for being on, you're and we'll have you on again. As may- well, yeah. my name, back. Ray. It's a ticket to get in. Claudio and Steve. There you go. That's right. You are Steve, correct? That's what it said in my and ID. I'm, I'm Kathy with a C. Thank you. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Kathy. Appreciate you very much. Thank, thank you. you. Bye-bye. All right, once again, we hope you enjoyed our show tonight. Again, appreciate the interviews, appreciate Lou, and uh, we have a little bit, uh, you know, a little different closing music tonight. We hope you will enjoy that. But as always, hope to see you next week. And once again, thank you very much for spending time with us, Claudio. The last word. Thank you all for tuning in, and as always, thank you, Mom and Pop. another beer glass I have a story to make the time pass it's getting pretty late if she shows I'll know it's fate I know an Irish girl